This is Steel City Business, the Sheffield Business Podcast. Hello, I'm James and this is Steel City Business, brought to you by the team at Rebel Base Media, highlighting the great stuff happening within the business community here in Sheffield. Andy Hanselman is a business consultant who wants you to think in 3D. We met up to find out what that means and hear about his experiences over the years on the business scene in Sheffield. Hello there, my name's Andy Hanselman from Andy Hanselman Consulting. So, what do you consult in? We help businesses improve their competitive advantage by what we call thinking in 3D, which is all about being dramatically and demonstrably different. So it's how businesses differentiate themselves in the marketplaces, to their customers, but also to employees. Businesses are finding it more and more difficult to find employees and keep them, so it's how do they actually create the culture that keeps them on board. Now, I was going to ask you about this thinking 3D because uh, your website kind of carries that message quite uh, heavily. I know you touched on it there. Um, just go into a little bit more depth on that, if you would do then. So those those 3Ds, if you would. Okay, so the 3Ds stand for dramatically and demonstrably different. And we've identified, we've spent 27 years now doing this stuff, and we've identified seven characteristics of these 3D businesses. And, um, on the, and the first one is, is that they have a clear vision on where they're going. But the second one is this thing about being dramatically and demonstrably different. And it's this it's this bundle of stuff that differentiates your business from its competitors. And it's interesting, I often hear people talking about their USPs. And the USP, we often say, stands for the usual stuff people say. People say the same stuff. So it's do you demonstrate it in everything that you do? So do I get that feel of your business from when I ring your company up and the receptionist answers the phone or somebody comes out to see me or I go on the website? So it's this whole idea of how do we work out what differentiates us and how do we demonstrate it in everything that we do? What kind of company would be kind of ideal? What, what sort of circumstances would be ideal for them to, to come and work with you? To be honest, we work with a real mix of businesses from, from small startups, but mainly sort of owner-managed to, to team-managed businesses, growing entrepreneurial businesses. And we work with a lot, with a lot of large organisations too who want to be more entrepreneurial. Um, but I think particularly it's businesses that want to differentiate themselves. So you see it a lot in professional service firms where, to be honest, they've all got the same qualifications, they've all been to the same universities, they all say the same stuff. So it's how do they differentiate themselves in their day-to-day activities with clients and customers? Okay. Um, you mentioned that you've been doing this for, is it 27 years? 27 years. 27 yeah. years. Um, take me all the way back to the beginning then. So what's, what's your kind of uh, background and what kind of led you onto this path? Well, my, my first ever proper job, having failed my A-levels miserably, right. um, was to work down Dinnington Pit. Right. So I worked down the colliery for a number of years, did my A-levels again at night school. I think did them four times. The original papers came round again and then did a degree in mining engineering. Unfortunately, this was in the early 80s where they shut right. all the pits while I was studying. Um, I did this degree and ended up working for a business that was in quarrying and brickmaking. Uh, working for them, I enjoyed it, and then met a guy who ran a very small consultancy. There were three directors and a secretary, and he asked me to join him as a, like a gopher. And I just jumped at that, not really knowing what was involved. Helping a lot of entrepreneurial businesses grow and develop at the time. This was sort of late 80s, early 90s. And we grew that business from five, it's about 120 people. And then four or five years later, decided they wanted to start up construct on startups. I was really enjoying working with the growing businesses. So I said, right, I can set up myself. So Jill, who wasn't my wife at the time, but worked with me at the company, we set up our business called Hallmarks Business Development 25 years ago, around now. Right, okay. Um, 
So tell me kind of how things have gone over those 25 years. Well, then. it's interesting. We, one of the things that we learned um, and we'd seen lots of growing businesses, it was that when people try and sell their business, it's very much reliant on them. It stops them selling it because they everything's done by them. So we set ourselves a goal of within 10 years, it would be able to be run without us. Right. We got to about 14 people, not a huge business. Um, at nine years, I had a triple heart bypass and the business did run without us. So we thought, right, let's sell it to the management team. And then I set up again, started again, with the view that I'd speak more at conferences and events. They do the training and development. And we sort of went our separate ways and did it that way. So Jill, myself started again. So now there's just three of us, Jill, myself and Danielle, just three of us in the business. Um, but carrying on doing the stuff that we enjoy and love doing now. So how do you find doing it with, with three of you when before you mentioned, was it 13, 14 yeah. people that you got involved? Um, I imagine that's, that brings with it different kinds of, of challenges and different ways of, of working. Absolutely. Um, I mean, now it is me, the resources, the way the business works is Jill tends to do the networking, the marketing. Uh, Danielle sort of keeps it all together and I go out and fear. So we are limited quite deliberately by the resource, which is me. In the old company, we had much more resource, but obviously much more overhead. Um, so maybe there was a danger sometimes of taking on work that just paid the bills rather than the stuff now that we really enjoy doing. So again, one of the things we see 3D businesses do is they we call it choose them or lose them. They focus on work with the customers they want to work with. And if I'm honest, that's what we do. We find people that are like-minded, want to work with what we do and pick and choose that way. Okay. Um consultancy right as as a word i find it quite an interesting word an interesting area because i've I always kind of feel like there's probably people out there and even businesses out there that see it as being a bit of a failure if they have to turn to someone and say right i, I need a consultant to, i need some help um is that a barrier that you that you find comes up very much i think you do see it with some and if i'm honest if people have that barrier we just don't tend to work with them so we are looking for learners right and i think one of the things that we often do so i might run a, a strategic away day with a company it's a business is growing and developing they want to take a bit of time out to look at where they're going and what they're doing and i don't advise them what their cons- what their strategy should be i just help them and facilitate developing it so i'm no expert in one particular sector so i'm not telling them how to do the job i'm just giving them an extra sort of pair of eyes if you like and support to do that and therefore it is about a like-mindedness people that are actually up for it and recognize that are the ones that actually do this so yes there are some I'd never use a consultant. Well, they probably won't when we don't go chasing them. I'm looking forward to asking you this question. Okay. Uh, bearing in mind what we kind of talked about there with the, the, the 3Ds. What makes you unique? What I would say, and hopefully clients say the same, it's practical, it's engaging, and it delivers results. Um, so some of the stuff I talk about, I'm sure the people talk about other people do. Um, but we, we're very much offering very practical b- solutions to what we sort of see businesses have a go, have a challenge with. Um, when I meet clients and see people, I often say, are these some of your challenges? And they go, yeah, how do you know that? Well, the challenges that we nearly all have in different stages of our business growth, from a startup to growing and developing to maturing. So it's really bringing in the, that, that practical knowledge but I think the other thing that people say they like is that it, we do it in a way that's humorous, a bit stimulating, a bit practical. They actually can make it work for them. And it's tailored to, to them, so it's not lots of academic theories, not knocking them, but what we just see is here's the things that get results. You've, you kind of touched on some keywords at the beginning of, of that, so you may already kind of know the answer to, uh, to this. Uh, if you had to pick three words that would kind of sum up uh, you and sum up the organisation, what would they be? I would say 
practical. Mm-hmm. I'd say results focused. I'd also just say friendly. We we work with people we like. Yeah, good words, good words. Um, right, what have been your biggest successes as you kind of look back over that that twenty seven years? And that might be kind of successes for for how the kind of the business has shaped, or it might even be individual cases of people that you've helped. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think the very fact we're still here twenty seven years on, yeah, uh, in itself is we 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 well twenty five in business, twenty seven doing this sort of game, twenty five years in business. You know, we've seen the highs and lows of doing that. We've had some tough times, but we're we're here, and I think that in itself is good. But I think other successes that we're particularly pleased with is just ongoing friendships and relationships. We've got clients that we've been working with for nearly 25 years now, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we're particularly pleased about. But then equally, you know, some of the one-offs, I spoke at a conference in Q8, in in December, just sort of somebody contacted me, can you come and speak? Well, yeah. You know, the, the day before I'd been in Doncaster and then the two days later I was in Kuwait. <laughs> and it's that variety, is the stuff I like, um, but it's speaking at conferences like that, that that I enjoy in terms of one-offs. But I honestly think it's building relationships with clients that keep coming back to us and just working with So we've got a number of companies where, if I'm honest, the father has now retired and his or her son or daughter have taken over and... I'm not quite sure we've been pushed on them, but they've taken us in board and we've worked with them in that way. Yeah, I, I can. Um, I'm immediately kind of thinking of of some companies that I'm aware of where it's that kind of situation whereby it's kind of passed down from parent to child, uh, and it's around the time where it's like actually this the focus needs to change a bit and there's work that needs to be done. So I can kind of really see where where your services would would fit in really well there. Um, all right, flip side of all this then. Um, I mean, 25 years is a long, long time for yeah. anyone to kind of be in yep. business. So I'm guessing um, there've been plenty of challenges over the years, and I'm Absolutely. thinking there's been a, you know pretty big recession in the middle of yes. all that lot, yep. as, uh, uh, as well as other um, stuff as well. So um, yeah, what have been those big challenges, and how how did you get through them? Well, certainly in the original business, um, we had a time when things got tough, and we had to lay a couple of people off. And and even if I mention that now to Jill, you know, tears come in her eyes now because mm-hmm. they were a family. Yeah. And that was a really, really tough thing. But we got through it and we know those people that we that went, we're still mates with, we still see them, they've sort of carried that on. Um I think in the old business we also made one two one particular bad recruiting decision mm-hmm. which had a real impact on us. Again, a small team really messed things up. Um I talked to most entrepreneurs and I think most of have gotten done that. Um and I think then the other one really is just this whole idea of I guess it is just that thing about sometimes in the past we've maybe taken on work we shouldn't have done. Less like less so now because if if things are a bit tighter now we just sort of tighten our belts a bit and keep things going. So we are working in the areas that we want to work with. But again, that's as best the typical mistakes that lots and lots of businesses have made. So where does um, where, where, the people that you work with? Where do they tend to come from? Is is it quite a Sheffield focused thing or is it much further afield? No, it's, it, we work sort of locally nationally and, and internationally so certainly within the Sheffield region we I'd like to think we've got a pretty good reputation the way it works and lots of people will know Jill White my wife Jill is out networking creating lots of networks uh, we have our own network 3D Connect where we bring people together to learn from each other and it's a lot of it's work word of mouth referral um, interestingly for years we did a lot of work in the northeast area Newcastle again we did some work with the Entrepreneurs Forum there a great network of entrepreneurs and we just did lots and lots of work up there and then I'm on the books of a number of speaker agencies. So luckily we just get calls out of the blue. Andy, can you come here? Can you speak there? And if I'm honest, one of the things I'm really lucky at is that sometimes I get paid to market myself. So I speak at a conference, 
full of on MDs of different businesses and they say we'd, we'd like some of this. So it's, it, a lot of it is word of mouth and recommendation is really where it, where it comes from. What else do you do to, to kind of advertise and promote the business? We do quite a bit of work on social media. Jill particularly is massive on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually find LinkedIn works quite well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not aggressively pushing stuff, more just about positioning yourself and people. The gig from Q8 came via LinkedIn. Um, and it is just the networking. So if I'm honest, if somebody says, Andy, can you come and speak at this event? And it's got the right target audience, we'll, we'll do that. Um, but Jill particularly does a lot of the social media. We're, we're just, con- you know, I feel weird really. I did a podcast about 12, 14 years ago um, and then started to do a very little simple thing. But we're more and more thinking we need to do more of the engaging stuff and that's what we've got to start looking at. But, but it's just the social media is LinkedIn, Twitter is our, are our key ones. What's the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you? Do the things you enjoy doing. Okay. Um, the one, and I've developed that now. And I, when I work with people, um, I particularly entrepreneurs, I, I say do the things you're good at, the things you enjoy, and the things you make an impact. And it never fails to amaze me how many people I see in jobs that they don't like. And I can't imagine that. I can't imagine being in a job where you're worried on a Sunday night about what's going to happen on Monday morning. Um, so I, for me, it's it's that thing about do the stuff that you, you enjoy doing, but if you're going to make a business out of it, it's got to be stuff that makes an impact. And I mean by that in terms of gives customers what they want and makes you a living. Um, but it's also stuff that you, you've got to be good at. You've got to be out there standing out from the crowd in terms of how you do it. What's the worst bit of advice anyone's ever given you? The worst bit of advice anybody's ever given me? Um... That's a really hard it's question to answer, one. I'm isn't to think it? About that one. Um, I, mean, I was once told that um, I should always wear a tie, right? Um, by my mum, <laughs> and um, I stopped wearing ties quite a long, long time ago. And and I, and I think that I've, I've I've kept on that one. Is that a rule now? Do you completely refuse to wear ties? Yeah, I mean, I've just never, I've just never had one. I once spoke at an event many, many years ago, and at the end of the event, people ticked the boxes, sort of saying, "Yes, it was very interesting information. Uh, I thought the content was great." And the question was, would you like Andy to come and visit you? And this one bloke wrote on it, I would not let this man within a million world miles of my business as he was not wearing a tie. <laughs> now, as I said, that was some years ago. Brilliant. And I will dress appropriately to, to suit, but I just think it's just not for me. I, really, I love that. I love that. I, I'm the, I used to work at a job where I had to wear a, a tie uh, and uh, was quite happy afterwards to to not have to anymore. But then every so often now when a scenario comes around, I'm like, I've got to wear a tie. Once every couple of years, yeah. I'm like, I quite enjoy yeah. dressing yeah, up absolutely. every now and then. Absolutely. Every day I would. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. I would, I would I would hate it. And yet I've worked with people that even though they don't have to choose to wear choose a to tie. And that's what it is about choice. Yeah. Um, but it is just that thing that for me, it's about, you know, we make assumptions about people when we see them how they're dressed, how they do those things. And, you know, and I think particularly, I maybe feel a bit more of an old git now, as you see a lot of the younger businesses coming through, it's, 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 a, it's a different style, different way of doing things. And, and it's, you know, it's just trying to be aware that people respond in different ways to those things. What, what are your thoughts about uh, kind of where Sheffield is at at the moment from a, from a business perspective? I think Sheffield is doing some fantastic things, um, but I don't think it shouts about it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've got a friend of mine in London, and he actually said to me, Sheffield never knowingly oversold, right. which I thought was quite interesting in terms of, when, it, when I told him some things that are going on here, when you look at the AMRC, when you look at some of the great businesses, if you look at the twinkles of this world, some of the things that are happening, as well as the traditional good old businesses, you know, the Gripples, the AS Seals, doing fantastic stuff, 
but there's also lots of emerging businesses coming through. You know, we people like Highlander, people like Resolve IT, uh, Three Squared, uh, Martech Marine, businesses that are forward thinking and just making things happen. Um, I think another one for me is Great Escape here in Sheffield, their clients mm-hmm. of ours. Just done some brilliant stuff, a very innovative approach, and growing and developing as a small entrepreneurial business. That's what it's about, and I think that we're seeing more and more of it. We've just got to make sure that we're, we're pushing it, and hopefully things like this can, can promote that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, that's something that, I, you know, anyone, I've, I've lived in Sheffield for a long time, that uh, it's something that, that comes up quite a lot in Sheffield, which is we're not very good at promoting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Do you, do you, is it just the nature of people from Sheffield that we are a little bit understated and that we're like, oh, we don't like a fuss? I, th- I think you're right. And I think it's people, you know, it's, I mean, um, it's a cliche when he says it's a huge village. Everybody does know each other and people almost, maybe sometimes reluctant to put the head above the, the parapet a bit. And I think people are, are doing some great stuff. Um, and I think, you know, heaven forbid that we're in the shadow of Leeds and Manchester. I think people think, sorry, let's just do our thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it's about how do we encourage and promote that so that people see Sheffield as a place to come and do business. Because I think it's, I've certainly seen, from my experience, I've sometimes seen people from Leeds, for example, come down and just don't get how we do things around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes some learning. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, but equally, I think there are opportunities for us to go and knock on the doors in Leeds and Manchester and London and New York and wherever and, and do those things. So I don't think it should just hold us, hold us back. We talked earlier about some of the kind of the challenges that you've seen. Uh, we're in a, a, a quite an interesting situation at the moment. The the start of the the journey of Brexit, whatever it is that it's ultimately going to look like. Um, what are your thoughts about the the future for yourself, for the for the for the for, for the company, um, and I guess for for business generally, really the kind of businesses that you work with? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a probably I'm a natural optimist. I mean, I hate the things that are happening at the moment, but at the same time. Again, when I'm thinking over the last 12 months, most entrepreneurial businesses I've worked with have just thought, we've just got to get on with it, whatever happens. Some of the larger ones I've worked with have had to put things on delay, not knowing what's happening. So on the upside, there's now a decision being made. People know where they stand and they can make decisions. Um, But I think, um, you know, I'm not sure it's good overall, but I think you will find that the hardworking entrepreneurial businesses in Sheffield will, will make it happen. They'll find a way. Um, not sure that means for lots of other people, but I think that to me is is the thing that we've just got to see the sort of the positive side of it. Okay, yeah, good way of looking upon it. Yeah, I like that. Um, and for you, um, what, uh, have you got any kind of future plans or, or are you quite happy with, with what you're doing right yeah, now? Yeah, no, we're, we're sort of carrying on what we do. We've got some great stuff happening here in the area, but we're also doing more, I'm doing more speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, the trip to Q8 was great. We were in India recently. I want to do more of that. So I keep sort of saying, so rather than York, it's New York and rather than Donny, <laughs> it's Dubai. That's really what we want to try and do. So it's getting the balance, but it's working with more sort of turn up, speak at a conference, and, and those are the things that really sort of get us fired up. Brilliant. And if anyone wants to find out more about you and about what it is that you do, what's the best way of going about it? It's on our very imaginatively titled website, Um And Andy Hanselman on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And I also look up Jilty White on Twitter. Uh, she's the one that connects everybody and makes things happen. Andy, thank you for your time. It's been really good to chat to you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Find us at steelcitybusiness.com and subscribe to get our new episodes first. Audio marketing works. Talk to the Rebel Base Media team about creating a custom, cost-effective podcast for your business at rebelbasemedia.io.